Today on Bold Steps, we're learning how to let go of the past as we take bold steps forward. And so I'm going to try to keep my old shoe and put my old shoe into my new shoe. It doesn't quite fit, right? You're going to walk funny. You have to take off the old completely so that you can put on the new completely. Some of us are walking funny because you're trying to put on the new but still keep the old. Nearly 80% of people experience back pain of some kind, and doctors say that most of our aches and pains are caused by wearing old shoes. But what do old shoes have to do with our Bible message today? Well, that's what Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, will explain in our message titled, Putting on the New You. I'm Wayne Shepherd. This message comes from our study in the book of Ephesians. We're in chapter 4. It's titled, When You Believe, Everything Changes. Here's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. Paul says, he says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Hey, there's a lot of stuff in your old life that you need to start taking off. There's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of old way of living that you know is wrong. That was the old Jew. And you could probably name it off the top of your head, the stuff that you used to do, the stuff that maybe sometimes you do now, but the stuff that was a part of your old life that shouldn't be a part of your new life, right? We all know that stuff. That stuff will corrupt you. That stuff is no longer a part of you. That is who you were, not who you are. You say, well, I still do it. It it doesn't matter. Now, if you do it, you do it, but it's not really you. Now it doesn't belong to you. Now it doesn't match you. Now it doesn't go with who you are because who you are now is different. Who you are now doesn't match with the old stuff that you used to do. It used to match with you, but now that you're in Christ, that old stuff doesn't go with the new you. So what what Paul is saying is that you have to take off stuff. I take off lying Cheating, deceit, getting drunk. I take off a lot of that old junk I used to do. I take selfishness and anger and bitterness and hatred. I take off cheating. I take off, I take off all that old stuff. I start taking, those are dirty clothes. I take off that dirty clothes. No longer belongs to you. So that's not you anymore. Now... I begin to renew my mind, and the second step he tells us is be made new in the attitude of your mind. So now that I've taken that stuff off, you see, unless you take that off, it's hard to renew your mind. You have to start taking that off and getting it out of your life, or that stuff will keep you trapped in the old cycle of living. So you start taking it off, and then you start renewing your mind, thinking a different way, learning how to live life a different way, envisioning your life a different way, God's way. And then, he says, and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Listen, now you're putting on your new self. You've gotten rid of your old self. 
Now you're putting on your new self, and your new self looks like who? It looks like your father. It looks like God. It has love and righteousness and peace and joy and the creativity of God, the faith of God. That's the new you. That's who you really are now, and you are in the process of taking off the old and putting on the new. Here's what I see many of us do. We have the old. We say, I kind of like the old. I've become accustomed to this old shoe. I've had fun with this old shoe. And so I'm going to try to keep my old shoe and put my old shoe into my new shoe. And you know what? It doesn't quite fit, right? You can't keep your old shoe and put the new shoe on. You're going to walk funny. You're going to look funny. You have to take off the old completely so that you can put on the new completely. Some of us are walking funny because you're trying to put on the new but still keep the old. And it just looks strange. It's just not the way it should be. And what Paul tells us then is he says the, the new self is created to be like God. That, that's who you really are. So start putting on who you really are. And then he gets real specific. If you want to know exactly what he's talking about, he gives at least, let's see, five examples of what it means to take off the old and put on the new. Are you ready for this? Because this is going to hit practical. This goes right to where you live, right to where you work, right to where you study. He's going to meddle with your life right now. You ready for that? Okay, here we go. He says in verse 25, stop lying and start telling the truth. Lying was part of your old life. You take it off. Truth is part of your new life. You put it on. Now, you say, well, Pastor, I don't really lie. I just tell white lies. Hold on a second. Since when were lies color-coded? Since when did we have a pink lie, a blue lie, a light blue lie, a maroon, a dark lie, a brown lie, and a black lie? Who color-coded lies? Listen, a lie is a lie, period. There is no good lies. There's no white lies. There's no less bad lies. Lies are lies, period. You know what the Bible says? That the devil is the father of lies, and in him there is no truth. And when we lie, we speak his language. When we lie, we speak the native language of the devil because he's a liar. He lives with lies, love li- he loves lies, he dishes out lies, he's an accuser. And every time we lie, every time we bend the truth, deceive, tell a lie, what we are doing is we are speaking the native language of the enemy of our souls. We are... It's like we're speaking jive, we're speaking the old neighborhood talk, and the enemy says, yeah, I understand this language, hold on a second, no, 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 no. When you speak lies, you are speaking the native tongue of the enemy, you are talking his language, you are introducing his culture, you are opening up the doors for the enemy to get into your life, and what the Bible says is when we speak lies, we are not speaking 
the language of God because the language of God is truth. So we don't lie and we speak the truth. That means you don't lie at your work about how many hours you've worked or haven't worked. You don't lie to your kids. You you don't say, well, I'm just going to lie. I'm just going to tell them this little lie. No, no, you don't lie to your kids. You don't lie to your spouse. You don't lie uh, to your brother-in-law, sister-in-law. You don't lie to authorities. You tell the truth. Even if the truth has consequences, you tell the truth. Because the truth is your new language. It's the language that you live in, thrive in. It's the language of God. Truth is the language of God. And when you speak the truth, you begin to speak the language of God and you invite the presence of God. Listen, can I tell you this? When you start down the road of little white lies, I'm going to tell you little white lies turn into big black lies. Little, light, little white lies begin to, you begin to sow this, this, this little entanglement of lies as you begin to bend the truth and, and, and begin to deceive and half-truths and half-lies. Listen, that is the best way to begin to get your life down this road of deception and lack of integrity. I have seen it over and over, so many people that start with little lies and just their whole life becomes a lie. And so I am challenging you. Paul says, I want you to put off lying and I want you to put on the clothes of truth. That means you're honest with one another. Why? Because he says, because we are all members of one body. In others, you are connected to each other. And when you lie, you hurt other people, you hurt yourself. And God is the father of truth. All right, I'm just getting started here, all right? And this is Paul. Paul is saying, that's just, that's just one. Here we go. By the way, students, can I just tell you this? I know that cheating is rampant in schools. That's kind of the idea. If you can cheat, you get away with it. If you can get away with it, cheat. If you can copy off someone else's paper, if you can get the exam in advance, if you can stay sick and then have someone loan you the exam, tell you the the scores, if you can get an old exam, if you can write it on your arm, if you can put it on a phone, if you can wrap it in a little paper. I think if you spent spent as much time studying than you do trying to figure out how to cheat, you'd probably pass the exam with an A anyways. But regardless of whether it's culturally accepted or whether you can get away with it, let me tell you, hear me well. Listen, you cheat, maybe no one else knows about, but God does. And there's a darkness that happens when you open up your soul to cheating. That's the old self, not the new self. So get away with it. It's the old, now you're putting on the new, you have a new self in Jesus Christ. Amen? Secondly, oh, not only truth, the old self, He says in verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. In your old life, you used to blow up in anger. You used to stay angry. You used to manipulate people with anger. You used to get bitter and resentful. And then you would give the devil a foothold and all kinds of other things would come into your life because you're angry. James says, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Listen, when you're angry, you say things you wouldn't normally say. You do things you wouldn't normally do. Anger and lust are cousins. They go hand in hand. 
When people get angry, they overdrink. When people get angry, they get violent. When people get angry, they say things that hurt people. When people get angry, they lose restraint and they do things that they would only do fully in the flesh because that is driven by anger. And what Paul says is you used to be angry a lot and it was accepted. But now that you're in God, you can become angry because anger, anger is not a sin. Anger is an emotion, but it's what you do with your anger that's a sin. Hello? You say, well, pastor, I can't help become getting angry. It just surges up. You may not be able to help getting angry, but you can help. You can determine what you do with this emotion or energy of anger. And it says, when you get angry, do not sin. You say, well, what, what, what do you want me to do when I get angry at my wife? I, I just have to sin. Oh, my mouth unleashes and I call names and I, what, what do I do? Listen, if you can't control your mouth, go for a walk. If you can't go for a walk, go for a run. Get out of there. If you have to get away, get away until you calm down and the energy subsides and then you can talk. And, nor, and, and deal with the issues that ha- you have to deal with. But in your anger, do not sin. But listen, if you go for a walk or go for a run, don't make it an overnight walk or run. Don't stay somewhere else. Don't stay at your mother's house. And you don't go knocking on your mother's door. Hi, what, here I am with my pillow. No, 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 listen. Listen, big boy, don't go to your mom's house. Don't go to your mom's house. Listen, moms. Your son comes to you with a pillow under his arm saying, my my, my wife doesn't understand me. I'm going to stay overnight at your house. Do you have a place in the basement? You put your foot in the door and say, son, you're a big boy. Listen, you used to live here, but you don't live here anymore. You go back to your wife. You love her. You make things right. You deal with it tonight, son. Hear me? Okay. So moms, don't let him in. I know he's your baby and all, but your baby needs to grow up. Well, this is Bold Steps. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and Mark will address how to properly handle our anger in just a moment. So please keep listening. But right now, I'd like to talk about the Bold Stepper Weekly, Mark, this email devotional that arrives in our inboxes every Monday morning. Yeah, so I got my Bold Stepper Weekly this Monday early. It's an email that goes out, and our goal is to encourage you to look to God and connect with you about what's happening in this ministry. So you'll find a devotional thought, something that will challenge you to live for God in a more compelling way. And I also give updates about what's happening in my family, like that I'm dumb the birth of my first baby granddaughter. Listen, oh, if you wonderful. don't have a granddaughter yet, I highly encourage it. She was born a couple months ago. Maeve Ivy is her name, and she's a beautiful little girl. You'll hear a little bit more about things like that. I love hearing that, Mark. So see what you're missing if you're not already a subscriber to the Bold Stepper Weekly. Not only do you receive an inspiring devotional full of timeless truths from God's Word, but you get an inside track on the whereabouts of Mark and wonderful updates like the birth of this new grandchild. So if you haven't done so already, please visit our website at boldstepsglobal.com and sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. While you're there, you can also request a special resource called the Bold Step Gift, 
More on that after the rest of the message. Here's Mark Job continuing our lesson titled, Putting on the New You. And the Bible says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. So deal with it today. Don't go, don't, don't go to sleep on it. Don't say, I'll deal with it next week. Don't say, I need it four days to simmer on it. Deal with it that day. And do not give the devil a foothold. Because if you don't deal with it, then it's like, it's like the devil's going to try to get into your house some way or another. And when you get angry and don't deal with it, it's like you put... You know, when someone's trying to get in your house and a stranger comes to your door and you open up and you see them and you say, oh, no, this guy looks like scared. No, I don't want any of that. You close the door. But what if that stranger puts their foot in the door? If that stranger puts the foot in the door, you try to slam it, but you've closed the door, but, you, but, but, but they still have access. As long as the door is cracked, they can push their way in. And what, what God says is when you don't deal with your anger, what you have done is you've left the door cracked open. And it's just a matter of time before the enemy's going to get more of his body in there and push the door open wide and get into your life and start messing with your life and your family and your spiritual walk. So close the door all the way. Deal with your anger. Don't give the devil a foothold, it says. All right, number three. I'm talking about taking off the old and putting on the new. And if that wasn't enough, verse 28 says, stop stealing, start working, and start giving. Listen, he who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Do something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those that are in need. He's basically saying, listen, your old life, maybe you were a taker. You would see what you could get. You were a taker. When the boss wasn't late looking, you would take things from your job. Uh, I heard when revival struck in Wales, years ago, the Great Welsh Revival, there, it was a mining community. And they talked about people getting things right, and if they had stolen, making restitution. So many miners had stolen tools from the mining place that they all started returning the tools they had stolen, and the bosses finally had to say, stop returning the tools, because they had piles of tools from the miners who had been stealing them from their mining jobs. If you steal... He says, you steal no longer. It's done. Hey, you know, there's a lot of ways of stealing. Oh, maybe you're not a shoplifter. But you know what? You can steal at your job with a time card. And there's, there's little ways we, f- we figure out how to steal, right? You could steal cable with a little black box you figure out that your cousin gave you. I'm not hurting anybody. I mean, a little black box. Hey, you're really stealing. It's illegal. Well, I wouldn't call it stealing, Pastor. I mean, I'm just kind of borrowing. You know, I'm just borrowing, you know, television stations. And You call it what it is. Come on, we, we allow stuff to get into our house. We, we allow the compromises to, to, to start getting into our 
our, our, our system and start taking, stealing is taking that which doesn't belong to us and we take it and we use it and act like it's our own, that, that's, that's called stealing. Now, Paul says is, listen, you used to be like that. You used to look for opportunities to take which was not your own and use it, but now you belong to God, so therefore you steal no longer. In fact, you know what you do? You get a job. Yeah, you get a job. And you get a job, why? Not just so that you can meet the needs of your, yourself and your family, but you get a job in order so that you can actually give to other people that are in need. You see, I take off my stealing, I get a job, and now I become a giver. I'm not just taking stuff off, I'm putting it on, and I went, you go from stealer to giver. You go from the person that was trying to put their hand in the offering jig and take some out to someone that's putting it in. You go from someone that was trying to figure out how you could take tools away from your cousin, you would borrow them on an unlimited basis. And now you're looking to figure out how you can give things to people. Why? Because now you've taken off the old and you've putting on the new. You're starting to walk like God, talk like God. You're starting to walk like a new person, a new believer. Uh, people can trust you now. Why? Because now you've, you've, you've begun to change. And the Bible says that you do something useful with your hands that you may have something to share with those in need. Verse 29. Oh, if I haven't gotten to you yet now, this is really going to get to you here. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to the needs that it may benefit those who listen. Now Paul starts messing with the way we talk. He's saying, in your old life, a lot of unwholesome words used to come out of your mouth. You would cut people down. You would gossip about people. You would tell dirty jokes. You would laugh at the expense of others to build yourself up. You would call people names that hurt them. You would use your tongue in cutting ways. That was the old you. A lot of stuff used to come out of your mouth and cussing and dirty jokes and, and just uh, 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 talk that was uh, rude and, 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 cr and crass kind of talk that would come out of your mouth. But now it's a new you. And what God has begun to do is begun to clean up your talk. It's telling you now, I want you to talk, but when you talk, build people up. Use your tongue to encourage, to be positive, to speak truth, to speak goodness. Learning how to be a new person in Christ. That's today's topic from Mark Job here on Bold Steps. If you've missed any of the messages in this series, you can catch up online when you go to boldstepsradio.org. Mark, in the past few years, it really has seemed as though the world has been getting darker and darker. But going beyond the macro picture, many of us have been struggling in our personal lives. Yeah, and you may be going through that right now. You may be... Have just recently suffered a loss or tragedy or gotten a bad news from the doctor, or maybe you're struggling with a prodigal son or daughter that you just don't know what to do with. And so we want to encourage you here, and we want to remind you that God is in the middle of your mess. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to remind you that in the middle of the storm that Jesus is still in the boat, yep. that he hasn't forgotten. And sometimes it's hard to remember that, but 
I believe that God is doing something with your mess, and you may not see it right now. It may take you a while to understand why this has a purpose and meaning, but that is why I am so grateful for uh, Max Lucado's book, God Will Use This for the Good, Surviving the Mess of Life. And Max Lucado just really dives right into, if you're in the middle of turbulence, a difficult time, uh, understanding how to trust God in the middle of a time when it's hard to trust Him. All right. Thank you, Mark. And all this month, we are offering Max's book as our Bold Step gift. To get your copy today, just reach out with a financial gift of any amount. Do that today by going online to boldstepsradio.org. Or give us a call at 844-615-7363. Or you can also give a gift of any amount with your request for God Will Use This for Good when you send a check in the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And then perhaps today is the day you'll take your commitment with us even deeper by becoming a bold partner. You can join with hundreds of your fellow co-listeners who have made the commitment to keep these Bold Steps programs on the air in their local markets and all across the world. And when you give a gift of $30 or more each month, we'll say thanks for your partnership by sending you a signed copy of Mark's book, Unstuck. We'll also give you access to Mark's exclusive bi-weekly email called the Bold Partner Post, complete with an exclusive message and personal video greeting from Mark, along with much more. Once again, you can give when you write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610, or sign up online at boldstepsradio.org. Well, that's our time for today. I'm Wayne Shepard, inviting you to join us again tomorrow when Mark continues this message, putting on the new you. It's from our series, When You Believe Everything Changes, and it's coming up Wednesday, here on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.